Blessings to you, our friends. We are the Ancestral Medicine Women, healing from the past, for the present and the future. So today we are going to talk of the sacred fire. There is, There are many aspects of the sacred fire. The main thing, the main thing about the sacred fire, perhaps, one of the key things in uh, shamanic work is the idea of transformation. So that is, uh, you can see very clearly when we will discuss it, of course, that transformation is one of the key aspects of the sacred fire in shamanic work. But first of all, we just want to talk a little bit about this idea or this word sacred. Sacred has a, a sort of feeling about it that it is from gods or God, whatever you want, from something that, uh, to use a word that is in the Christian vernacular, is divine. It is divine. And it's very easy to see that, because when you look at, let's call them cavemen, many people call them cavemen, let's call them that, when they did not have fire, they did not have this uh, this thing that kept them warm, cooked their food, allowed them to build better tools with metals and what have you. They did not have fire. And then it came to them through lightning, a branch, a tree was hit perhaps and fire came. And for it then became a part of life, fire. But that fire didn't look like it was created by man, it looked like it was created by, let's say, gods, God. It was divine. It was something other than man. And so you can see why in many cultures and in many, uh, throughout many ages, fire itself has seemed sacred. Because it seems to be divine. It is not from man. It was not created by man. It is divine. But it has so much power. And this power can be wielded by man. So you can see the sacredness of the idea of fire. And when you think of, of that, we are making the distinction between something that was man-made and something that was given to man or does not seem to be man-made. So you have the sacred, which is given to man or not made by man, divine, and then you have the profane. So you can see why when we look at this idea of profane, it's all of these other things that are that perhaps are man themselves that, or that man creates. They are not divine. They are not from God. They are made by man. So they are less than, if you like. But fire, it seems, was, it seems like at the time given to them from, from the atmosphere, from something else. So it was very special. In other words, it was sacred. It was from the divine. So in that way you can see that fire is sacred. But we are not talking about fire being sacred. We are talking about the sacred fire. And it might not seem like much of a distinction, but there is a distinction. And that's what we are going to talk about. So we have given you this uh, idea of the sacred and profane. Now we leave that because we don't need to go there again. We just wanted to give that information to you so that you understood 
the difference between fire being sacred and the sacred fire. To illustrate our point, if you like, or to illustrate what we mean by the sacred fire, as usual, we are going to start with a story. Because for us, we feel, as we have said before, that a story is a nourishing way to give information. A story uh, is sometimes factual. For example, this is factual, but it is embellished. It is surrounded with other uh, visualizations, with other thoughts. And in that way, it can fill up the body of every individual and they can gain from that what they want, what they need. So we start with this story. This story that we are going to tell you is about a shaman. Lapal was her name. And this was something that she discovered in her transformation from, what can we say, ordinary human to shaman. Can we say it like that? And it's possible that many shamans before her had this experience, but for her it was such a, such a part of the transformation from one state of being to another, and she saw the possibilities within that for everybody, not just for uh, shamanic transformations, but for other general, for the general people, but for other kinds of transformations. And so she was compelled, it had such an impact on her, she was compelled to tell this story and then make it part of shamanic practice. So Lapal, like many shamans, when they go from their ordinary life to their transformation to a shaman, became very ill. And the illness for her was uh, what you would now call fever. She was like fire herself. She was uh, to touch from the outside, people looking at her, she, they couldn't touch her. They burnt their hands. It was so intense, it is said it was so intense, her skin temperature that they blistered, the other people blistered when they touched it. She did not blister, but they blistered when they touched her. So they could not help her, they could not keep her cool, they could not assist her in any way. She had to go through this moment herself. But in this space, Lapal was in her spirit world conscious, even though her physical world was, she was not conscious. So in her spirit world, she was conscious. And she realized that she was on fire. And she stood back to look at what was happening. And she saw that the fire was in her blood. And in her blood, it was... Uh, bubbling. It was so hot. It was bubbling. The fire was in there. And as it was coursing through her body, she could feel that it was cleansing every part of her body. It was ridding her body of any diseases, any what you call uh, toxins, anything that was not meant to be in the body, that inhibited the body from running from its equilibrium, from running properly, it was the fire was burning it off. So she could see this in the veins, the, the fire in the, in the blood and the veins, it was going around, it was going through the heart, 
it was through the, the, the lungs, the brain, the, all of the organs, the stomach, the intestine, every part of her body was being cleansed by the fire in her blood. And then she saw that the fire died down. As the work had been completed, the fire died down. She was still very hot, however. From the fire came, the end of the fire came the smoke. And this interested her greatly because she could see that her whole body was filled with smoke. A grey-white smoke. And even in her physical state, she could smell the smoke in her nostrils. And she knew that she could smell the smoke in her nostrils. And she could feel it in her lungs, the smoke. It was making breathing a bit difficult. And she wondered why, in her spirit world, why it would be there was this smoke. And then she started to see something rather miraculous. She started to see that the smoke, the wisps of smoke, some of them started to make forms. And they were forms of people, perhaps, individuals. You could call them that. But also they were animal forms. And she realized and this, uh, that these forms had, were spirits that were within her. And some of these forms were clutching on and they were fighting and screaming. They didn't want to leave and they were clawing. They were making uh, a very big deal about going. And she realized that the smoke was actually smoking the, if you like, the spirits that were not beneficial for her. They were smoke, the smoke was literally smoking them out. So that she was cleansed physically by the fire in her blood, but now she was going to be purified spiritually inside her. And then these spirits were smoked out and then they disappeared. And she could see that her body, in her spirit self, she could see that her body had calmed down completely. She was no longer burning. She was no longer finding it hard to breathe. But she was still uh, unconscious. But she was conscious in her spirit world. And now she realized that she had to go on her spirit walk to find out her path. So she turns away from the body. As she turns away from the body, she is completely engulfed in smoke from a fire that is yonder. Completely engulfed in it. And she can't see anything. She can't, uh, it's like it's a dense. She can't even, f she can put her hand through it. It is so, but she can feel it when she puts her hand through it. It is so dense around her. And the smoke, it swirls around the body. Swirling around the body. And the smell, it's in the eyes, it's in the nostrils. And she is at the point of collapsing. Because she thinks this is going to kill me. This smoke is going to kill me outside my being. And then it comes to her that she must blow. She must blow through that smoke. She must get everything that's within inside her. That's within her. All of that strength. All of that cleansed and pure being that's in her and blow through this. And so she gathers up everything that's inside her 
and she takes in and she breathes out the biggest breaths that she can and it she clears a space in front of her. As that space is completely clear in front of her, it is like a miracle, all of the smoke, it disappears. The smoke is gone and she can see. She can see the fire in front of her. And she makes her way to that fire. And she goes to the fire and she stands in front of the fire and she looks very intently at the fire. She looks around the fire. She walks around it. And she sees that the flames, as they come up, it's like they're giving her a message. One flame, one flame. And it's like each one is trying to attract her attention. Trying to attract her attention. And she becomes so entranced with this. So uh, besotted by what is going on that she falls into the fire. She falls into the fire. But interestingly, she does not burn up. She does not disintegrate. She does not end her life when she f falls into this fire. But she goes into that fire. And there the, the flames, they are licking her. And as they lick her, they give her, it's like they are giving her information, giving her knowledge, giving her vision. And so she understands that the fire itself, with each individual flame that pops up, that moves around, that tries to get your attention, is actually a little bit of knowledge, something that's coming up to you and only to you. Because a fire will never seem the same to any two people. It will always seem different. You will be fixated on one flame, but somebody else will be fixated on another. So every fire, every uh, flame, every, every wisp of smoke, it's going to be for an individual person completely different to the one that's next to them. And what she realizes when she is in this fire is that this fire can give her vision by being as one with the fire, completely focused on the fire, in the fire, a part of the fire. The fire itself gives her vision. When this realization occurred to her, the fire disappeared. There was no fire, there was no smoke, there was just her in her spirit world and there she was as well in the physical world. And she realized that this is what her journey was about. That she was to bring this idea of fire into their lives, into her life as, if you like, a tool or a part of her life and bring it into the lives of others in this shamanic tradition and to make it part of shamanic practice. So she enters back into her body and after some time she comes back and she awakens and she can give this information to people. So you can see that from that story, for us, in my group, that is how for us we visualize fire, the sacred fire. So yes, we acknowledge that fire itself is sacred, but when we use it in the way that we do in the shamanic world, in the shamanic tradition, then this then it becomes the sacred fire. So there is a slight difference 
uh, in terminology there. So what we're going to talk about, that story, it gave us several things. One was the idea of transformation from one state of being to another state of being. It also gave the idea of cleansing, purifying, clearing, and vision. So these are the five areas that we are going to talk about. We will start with transformation and we will probably end with transformation, but we can't say that for sure because always it takes us on a different path whenever we speak. So transformation, for obviously for Lapal, was from, as we said, an ordinary human being to a shaman. This was her transformation. It was... Uh, uh, intense and it was absolute, it was complete. But for many human beings, we do not have this kind of transformation. In other words, we do not have completely from one state of being completely to a new state of being in one fell swoop. For many humans, there are steps that we go through. Why? Maybe it's because we can't cope with the complete uh, change, the complete transformation. And when you think of the transformation for shamans uh, of from one state of being to another, many of them uh, have been known to what you call die. Some of them have even been set up for burial because they have not been conscious and have seemed like dead for many days. So it's a very difficult thing to go from one you know one state of being to a completely different, nothing like the first state of being, existence. It's a very dangerous thing. We would never recommend it to anybody. Unless, of course, it, you are a shaman and it is your path, but it will naturally happen that way. So transformation for humans is uh, graduated, if you like. Small steps. But each transformation, you will see that there will be fires to go through. There might be difficulties with health. There might be difficulties with relationships. There might be difficulties with jobs, with finances, whatever. But those difficulties are preparing you or are the transformation, right? They are giving you the, giving you the advice or giving you the uh, intuition that there is a transformation occurring. Many people, however, get fixated on the problem that they uh, can't have a good relationship, that they don't have much money. So they fixate on the problem and not what that, what you call problem, is actually giving them for the transformation. So we would say that the problem is the intuition for the transformation, but the problem is like the fire. That's the fire. And to view these problems that are the fire as the fire and to view them as sacred will change your whole perception of the problem and will enable the transformation from one state of being to another state of being. So the transformation, this idea of transformation is if you like, the key, as we said at the beginning, the key aspect of the sacred fire. It is the, it is the idea 
that all of the other cleansing, purifying, clearing, and vision uh, come from. If you fixate on the problem, the cleansing, the purifying, the clearing, and the vision, it cannot happen. It cannot happen because you are fixating on this intuition as a problem. So the other aspects cannot happen, which are, of course, vital for the transformation. So we start with the cleansing. You remember in this story that Lapal felt it was like uh, the, the blood was boiling and it was going through the body, right? Uh, getting rid of toxins, uh, diseases, what, all of these types of things. So that the, the body, the, the physical body, head was cleansed, right? That's what we're talking about now, the physical body. And when you look at uh, the four things that we are talking about, you can see quite plainly that cleansing and purifying are about the physical body, whereas clearing and vision is about the spirit body, right? So now we are focusing on the physical being, so cleansing. So you remember that that was what was happening for her. The, the, the blood was on fire and it was going through and it was cleansing, getting rid of whatever did not need to be there. Of course, you do not want to put your blood on fire to cleanse yourself, to move yourself from one set of being to another. You, of course, you do not want to do that. And we're not ever suggesting that you do that. But again... When you think of the sacred fire, it doesn't necessarily have to be an actual fire, right? It's sacred fire. So sacred, remember we said, was as a general belief, it is from God. It is not human-made. So we will say instead that it is spirit-made, not God-made, not, uh, not spirit-made. When you think about it like that, now remember... We've said that cleansing and purifying are the physical aspects. Now we are saying that it comes from the spirit. So you have to pay attention because it gets a bit, can get some con somewhat confusing. So the sacred fire, if you like, is from the spirit aspect of consciousness could be your consciousness, could be the general consciousness. That's up to you to decide whether this sacred fire comes from you or if it comes from the general consciousness. So when you have that idea that the spirit is creating the sacred fire, and remember as well that Lapal realized that no one fire is the same for everybody. Right? Everybody has a different interpretation of that fire that is going on right now. So you can see from that that the idea of sacred fire that is within you, if you like, cleansing you, that comes from spirit, is your design. It's your understanding. It's your interpretation. Do you have to have a fever to cleanse the body? Do you have to go to a sauna? Do you have to heat yourself up by eating lots of chilies to have... Have this? No, of course not. If you want to do that, of course you can, if that makes it easier for you. There are lots of uh, uh, cultures where that's what they do. They sweat lodges, right? They sweat out uh, impurities. So there are these uh, ways to do it like that. 
But what we are talking about when we are cleansing the body with the sacred fire is that you can do this through journeying, you can do this through meditation, you can do it, as we said, if you want to do it through food, etc. But the idea is that you have a very conscious understanding and experience of cleansing the body with fire. So you can just imagine, if you like, that the, the, the parts of your body that you might think are diseased or causing you problems, you are actually sending the fire that you've created to those parts. Let's say that you have arthritis in the knees and there's absolutely nothing else wrong with you because that's it, right? So you get, you have this imagination of the sacred fire. How is it going to manifest in your knee? How is it going to manifest in the arthritis? Are you going to send it around through blood? Are you going to send it around through the bones? Are you going to send it around through the hormones? How is it going to cleanse your body? So it's very much a conscious, conscious, we don't want to say the word attack, but let's just use that for now, a conscious attack on those things that are inhibiting the running of your body in a physical sense. You are going to send the fire, the sacred fire that is created by you for you in the spirit world through your whole body or through just to the knees wherever it is that you feel it really needs and so you're going to cleanse yourself of these uh, problems that are causing you distress uh, physical inhibitions anything that is stopping you from being uh, the person that you want to be right so there is this imagination, if you like, of this fire. And how is it coming? Is it just one big fire? Is it fireballs? You are in control of this. How is it going to happen? How are you going to make your body cleansed? How are you going to do it with the sacred fire? How? That's completely up to you. But you let it go through the body. And you let it get rid of all of the problems that you understand are problems in your body. The interesting thing here is it will be discriminate. In other words, you have to send it, this is why we say it's conscious, you have to send it on the path. It's not just going to go, oh, that doesn't look good, get rid of it. That doesn't look good, get rid of it. Because some of the things that don't look good actually for you right now might be vital to your survival. So if it's indiscriminate and it gets rid of just anything, then that will not be good for you, potentially. So it is discriminate. Whatever you set it up to do, this cleansing, sacred fire, that's what it will do. That's what it will do. Once that is done, then you can work on purification. Now, it might seem that uh, you don't want cleansing but you want purification or you don't want this, you want that. But you have to prepare the space. Just like if you were meditating, you would want to, we would suggest, prepare the space. So you would want to make sure that you were not going to be disturbed. You would want to make sure that it was had some air coming in. Um, perhaps you had incense. Perhaps it was gone. So you're going to prepare the space. 
it's exactly the same. When you are making a transformation of any description, you need to prepare the space. It's not just going to happen like the click of the fingers. So cleansing the body is preparing the space. Purification is the next step and that also assists in preparing the space, the physical space. So you have cleansed the body with the fire. And we would suggest to you that you actually allow yourself to feel that fire. So if you are, dis if you are dealing with uh, arthritis in the knees, actually allow yourself to feel the fire in the knees. Feel them getting hot. Maybe feel them uh, as if they're melting, as if they're getting too stiff. Something is happening there. But actually feel that sacred fire there so that you are not just allowing something to happen to you, but remember we said it's conscious. You are consciously participating. You are consciously and actively working with this yourself and the sacred fire on that particular whatever it is, the knees of the arthritis, for example, so that there is an absolute consciousness in that area. Because if you let things be done to you, then you are not actually achieving anything. You have to do it. To have something done to you without actively participating, then you will not achieve very much. And you will go through your life having things done to you, which is not very fulfilling for a human being. It's not allowing you to be productive. It's not allowing you to be creative. So when we say that you are cleansing and you are actively participating, not just by organizing the fire, not just by uh, allowing that process to happen, but when it's happening, you are in there. You are feeling it. You are part of it. You are, if you like, directing it. Be with that moment of cleansing. It's very important. Then we have the purification. Remember with Lapal, she had this uh, feeling and vision that it was smoke all through the body. She could feel it in her nostrils and she could also feel it in her lungs. It was quite heavy. The purification, you might not feel that you have any uh, spirits, if you like, inside of you that are causing you any problems at all. And we would stress at this point, we do not believe or think or know. We know. We do not, not know. We know that there are no evil spirits. There are no demons. These are human constructs to keep people in line, if you like. However, there are times where you might have uh, if you like spirits within you that are not compatible to you you will have let them in they don't just come in you will have let them in why you have let them in is another story for another day but you will have let them in but they might not be compatible for you so they might be causing you problems in areas that you didn't even know you had a problem right so the purification will as Lapal found smoke them out because if they're not meant to be there, in other words, if you have cleansed the body 
with the fire. You have cleansed the body. Then there is no place now for these uh, energies. There's nothing for them to hold on to because the body is cleansed. So we smoke them out. So again, you can uh, do this in any way that you see fit. Maybe you want to have around you incense because that's the smoke, but it won't be um, uh, not like a house on fire kind of smoke, which would kill you, yeah. right? It's there. It's around you. Maybe you breathe some of that in. Not much. Just have it in the atmosphere around you. Maybe you want to be in a sweat lodge. Maybe you want to be in a sauna. Something like that. But you have to, whatever happens, or a steam room, whatever happens, you have to imagine that that smoke or that atmosphere that you can see that is around you, you have to imagine that that's coming into the body. So you are breathing it into the body. And as you are breathing it into the body, and you can sort of feel it going down through the all of the body down to the feet, so then the whole body is filled with this. As that happens, there is like, uh, you can imagine that it is purifying all of the organs, if you like, all of the cells that have just been cleansed. So it is adding another layer of cleaning, if you like, purifying. But as a result, or as well as that, as it is going down through the body, it is collecting or smoking out those energies that have no place there anymore. And it will it's going to sort of bring them out and push them away from wherever they are attached. Organs, uh, cells, blood, fluids, wherever they are attached. It's going to smoke them out. And in that way, it's going to, as we say, purify. Now, how are they going to come out? Well, they can come out through the pores. They can just come out through the breath. And again, it's very much you actively doing that. So you are breathing in, whether it's imaginary smoke, whether it's real incense or uh, steam, whatever, you are breathing that in and you're allowing that to go through the whole body. And then whichever way that you do it, you're going to breathe it out or allow them to come out the pores. But the thing is, the very important thing is that you are actively doing it. So you are taking it in. You are filling yourself up with that smoke. You are visualizing it in the uh, organs, the brain, the mouth, the nose, the arms, the blood. And you are seeing, actually seeing these energies that have no place there anymore being, uh, what is that word, separated. It's like they are peeling off. The smoke is smoking them out and they can no longer hold on to that space because the smoke is like an, an added, uh, uh, it's too hard. The cleansing, they could stay there, but the smoke, they can't because it's like it suffocates them and it brings them out. So that's the purifying, the purifying aspect of the sacred fire. Is there questions so far? No. no. Good. So, the next aspect. So, those two, if you like, are the physical aspects. And it's very important that the physical aspects are done. Many people spend their life looking for spirit or trying to lead a more spiritual life. 
but they often forget that the physical is an absolute manifestation of the of the spiritual self, right? So you have to look after that aspect of your body. So it of yourself, the body meaning the the complete self, spirit as well. So it's very important that you really take the time to do the cleansing, <clears throat> the physical cleansing and the purification. It's very important. And it might take more than once. It doesn't, just because you do it once doesn't mean that that's it forever. You might have to do it a few times because first of all you have to practice and secondly you have to, the body has to get used to that, right? The body has to also come on board. So it might take a few times. So do not be disheartened if the first time that it happens, it doesn't work for you. The other thing on that point is you don't have to do this by yourself. You can go to somebody and ask them to do that for you. Remember though, you have to actively participate, right? All they are going to do is facilitate the process, not actually do the, all of the work for you. Yes, they might uh, set the fire up, they might give you the visualization, they might prepare the space, etc. But you're the one that actually has to carry it through. You're the one that actually has to do the work. So, but it's very important that the physical aspect is done before you move into the spirit world. The two spirit aspects were the clearing and the vision. Now the clearing is interesting because the clearing, if you like, has two, uh, two aspects to it. One is clearing of external spirit energies that might be hanging on to you externally, so they're not inside but they're on the outside. Some people, uh, some shamans, they call this a sweep. They're going to sweep, like uh, the mind sweep. They're going to sweep it. We call it a clearing. The other thing is that in this process, it is like, and this might seem like a physical aspect, but actually it's, it's in the spirit, we call it in the spirit realm world is a clearing of the mind so that the mind can see because right now if you think about your mind it thinks but it doesn't necessarily see so we are saying that by doing a clearing the mind can see which of course allows for the vision which happens at the fire itself so and you will notice that it's backwards here in the physical world, in the physical situation, we had the cleansing, which was the fire, and then we had the purification, which was the smoke. In the spirit world, it's the other way. We have the smoke first, and then we have the, the fire. So, when you are looking at the clearing in the spirit world, you are, uh, you again, you can do a journey, a meditation, you can just go for a walk in your natural area, forest, bush, uh, beach, whatever. And when you are doing that, because the, the smoke that is around you is not necessarily smoke from a fire. If you can imagine, if you can just sit where you are now or stand, whatever you are doing, and imagine that 
the air that is around you coalesces, right? And it coalesces to the point, so all of the, uh, the atoms and the molecules actually join up each other very, very closely so that they are coalescing and it becomes like um, you can see the air, right? You can actually see the air. And if you are in that sort of environment where you can see the air, it's very difficult to breathe that air because it's like solid. It's very difficult to breathe. So it behaves like smoke. And that's really what we are talking about in this environment, in this way, the clearing. It's air that has become so dense, just like smoke, that it becomes thick, just like smoke, and you find it hard to breathe, just like smoke. So you can see that the sacred fire is not just from a fire. The sacred fire is, if you like, in all of the elements that are around you. And in this situation, it's the air. So you are, as we said, journeying, meditating, just going for a walk, but you are very focused on the air that is around you. And you actually can bring it to this uh, coalescing, coalescent state yourself by your conscious activity, by consciously wishing or wanting or doing it. And you bring it so that it is like it's around you. And you actually find it difficult to see through it. You find it difficult to perhaps breathe through it. Of course, you can still breathe, so there is nothing to panic about. And and it is around you. And it feels like um, it's heavy. It's like a, a veil, like a, a curtain or something yeah. that is around you that is... It's, it's more than wispy because it's dense, right? So even with smoke, you can see it's wispy, but it's, it's, there's a denseness to it. So it's very important that there is this denseness. So what is, why are we saying that? Why would you need that? Well, when you think about it, if you have got energies that are around you, and they don't have to be spirits, they can just be energies. You know that if you have a fight with your husband or your child or what have you, and they may be very angry with you. And there is this lingering sensation of that anger right around you. Perhaps it's affecting you emotionally, whatever, but it's lingering there. They're the kind of energies as well that we are talking about, not just spirit energies, in other words, that don't have a human aspect to them, but actually that those kinds of energies as well that might be lingering around you that will inhibit you from moving on inhibit you from taking your step from this part to the next part. So this denseness, if you like, that you're creating around you, it's, it gathers that and it absorbs it into its denseness. Because air is light, as in weight. When it becomes dense, it becomes very heavy. Now, if you imagine, okay, that you had a fight or something with somebody and that experience is lingering there for you and it's making you very distressed still, that the reason that it is lingering is that it is heavier than air. So it's lingering there, right? If you make the air around you dense, denser than it is, therefore it will become heavier. And 
denser than this particular energy that is lingering there of the fight. It's going to absorb that the air around is going the dense air around is going to absorb that energy or it will overcome it if you like and it will uh, absorb it and it will take the brunt of it it will uh, clear it for you right so you are allowed or you are allowing yourself to take another step now sometimes people people might say well if I am allowing that particular fight to to bother me and to linger, then there's something that I am I am allowing it. I am creating it. So if I just allow this heavy air to absorb it and take it away, am I really dealing with the problem, whatever the problem is that I have created? And we would say yes, of course, you can deal with things in that way, but. That's not what we're talking about right now. We are talking about transformation from one state of being to another state of being. The sacred fire. Right? That's what we're talking about. So yes, you can deal with it in any way that you see fit. However, if you are on a path from moving from one state to another state, and this is the way you have decided to do it with the sacred fire, the cleansing, the purification, the clearing and the vision, then we would say, just allow this process to occur because the next process that's going to happen will give you insight into that anyway. So allow that to be absorbed. Allow yourself to be externally free because you have, if you like, freed up the inside of your body. You have freed up the organs and the cells and the blood and the mind to do its work with their cleansing and the purification. Now allow the outside of your being to walk freely in the planet, on the planet, to walk freely in the air. So you want to rid yourself of these things that might be lingering on the shoulder, you know, on the outside, the, the little voices on the left and the right shoulder, this type of thing. You want to free yourself from that. That's what the clearing does. It clears that energy away so that you have not just the inside of your, yourself able to breathe, but that you can take full breath through the nose into that of that air that's now free outside you and you can take the steps through the, through uh, on the planet to get you to wherever you need to go. So that's the clearing. Again, you can get somebody else to do this for you. Shaman, uh, there are many different modalities out there that will help you with this. However, it is vital that you are the instigator, the activator, uh, what other vator can it be? Something. You are the one renovator. that, yes, the renovator. You are the one that's actually really making it happen. You're the one doing the work. That person is just facilitating for you. Now we move on to vision. So if you can really do this clearing well, as soon as it's cleared, the mind can see. As soon as the mind can see, it sees the fire. It sees the sacred fire in all of its glory. So what you have had so far are aspects. You have had uh, the fire in the body was like the heat. Then you have had the smoke. Now you have got on the outside, you have the denseness. Right on the spirit, on the the clearing is the denseness, and now you come to vision. You actually have the fire. You've made it to the sacred fire. All of these other, the cleansing, purification, and clearing are aspects of the sacred fire. 
and now you have you've actually made it to the sacred fire and there it is burning in all of its glory all of those colors the the flames leaping perhaps if it's uh, that's what your fire looks like a leaping flame perhaps it is just smoldering it doesn't matter whatever is going on there is your sacred fire so what does that sacred fire really give to you it gives you vision so we go back to that situation that we said you've had a fight with the somebody and it has left it is lingering there that energy is lingering there you've cleared that energy but you're right it's not just going to disappear if you don't actually know what it's about why you had that why it was lingering there for you here you are at the sacred fire so in other words you have given up a little bit you've given up that uh, energy to the denseness you've given it up knowing that you're coming over here to actually find out about it sometimes you have to give up a little bit of yourself to get to where you need to be so you're at the sacred fire and there you have the vision the vision is we wouldn't say uh, the most important part of the transformation but it's the most enlightening part of the transformation of course because here you see here you see what was perhaps causing the arthritis right here you can really look because you have purged the you have cleansed the body you have purified the body you have cleared the body and here you are at the sacred fire and you are looking at that fire you are looking at the way it is dancing you are looking at the, the sparks you are looking at uh, what makes up that fire the colors of the fire and you are becoming completely absorbed in that experience of the fire and what you've been working on with the cleansing, the purification and the clearing is, let's say, the arthritis in the knee. So everything about your being is focused on that. And so here you've done all of that work and here you are with the sacred fire, looking in the sacred fire and you're actually giving to the sacred fire all of this information that you have gleaned, all of this experience that you have had and it is going to answer your questions it's going to give you the knowledge that you so crave why would I choose to have arthritis in my knee in this lifetime why would I choose that and as you ask that question and you give it to the fire because remember this fire is sacred it's your fire you created it and therefore it is sacred because nobody else can have this particular fire it's your fire so it must be sacred because it's sacred to you it means nothing to anybody else so it's sacred to you and you're looking at that fire and you're asking that question and then in some way you will feel the answer come to you maybe it will be like a wave maybe it will be just like a little thought in your head maybe it will be an emotion maybe it will be uh, a physical reaction doesn't matter how it comes but it will come to you and at that moment you are completely connected with the sacred fire and because it's sacred 
it is completely connected to, if you like, universal consciousness, the spirit world, uh, whatever it is that you call, whatever is out there, whatever you call it, it, at that moment there is a complete connection because the sacred fire has given you the portal to that space. And at that moment you have got, if you like, all of the knowledge of the whole universe at your disposal. But of course, you won't get all of that knowledge because your focus is on the arthritis in the knee. So that's what you're going to get, that information. And it will be like, uh, as we say, how it comes to you is completely dependent on you. The interesting thing is that you might find that you have to have that particular thing for whatever reason. Maybe you set it up that way, uh, it doesn't really matter. And maybe that's what you get. You might find that it is something that is due to a past life, something that is due to ancestors. Uh, it could be a whole range of things. So when you are with the vision, when you are with the sacred fire, you get the vision. And that vision is complete. You will understand that it is complete. What you do with that information, what you do with that uh, knowledge, will of course determine your transformation. Do you wish to accept what you have been given uh, and then move on with your transformation or do you choose to deny what you have been given in which case the transformation uh, will be different and take longer mm. well it might take longer it might not occur it might be a completely different way Trajectory. a different path if yep. you see what we mean so there we have the, if you like, the four aspects of the transformation, and the transformation is, of course, completely uh, linked with the sacred, the idea of transformation is completely linked with the sacred fire. So in shamanic tradition, how would we use that? As we've said, you can do it yourself, right? You can follow this, this path and you can do it yourself. We would suggest if you're going to do it yourself, you would not say that you want your whole body cleared of this and all of that. We would suggest to begin with, you start with one small thing, right? Perhaps you get uh, headaches, migraines or something like that. So that's what you want to work on, whatever it is. Uh, it could be an issue, uh, an emotional issue, it doesn't matter. Just choose one and follow this method you can do it yourself uh, of course shamans can do this for you but again we would suggest that you make sure you are active you are really conscious of what's going on that you don't just let it be to be done with you to you many shamans are happy to do it to you and many people are happy for it to be done to them we are not saying that's wrong what we are saying is that if you are uh, participating fully 
and consciously in your own transformation, not only will it be more profound and meaningful, it will probably be a little faster. Yeah, it will make sense. But we're not saying it's like this F1 driving. It's not going to be like that kind of fast. It's just going to be... Uh, yes, faster because you are... Driving. If you are participating consciously and actively, then every moment of your day, whether you are having uh, a journey or whatever it is done for you or not, Every minute of your day is actively working towards that, right? That's transformation. That's right. If you just allow somebody to do it for you, then they do it and then you go away and you wait. You actually wait until the next time that they do something for you. And then you wait until the next time. So if you are actively, though, you have it done, then you are it's evolving, it's the, evolving whole the whole time. That's exactly right. Yeah. So uh, that's... That's the sacred fire. Excellent. Excellent. So, guys, um, if there's any questions, uh, we can get to those. Um, one question I do have, when running workshops, uh, you know, the mothers have told us to, the ancestral medicine women have told us to clear the space. And then later on we're told, don't, there's no need to clear the space because our presence should hold a clear space. And so, you know, I get that, but a part of me sort of still has a little... Well, think about that, right? They said to clear the space, and then they said you shouldn't need to clear the space because your presence holds the space. So are they talking of the space or are they talking of you? You see, perhaps it was you that needed to be cleared, right? For whatever reason, but to give you an activity of clearing the space, right, allows you to actively clear, clear, right, to actively participate in that. Perhaps the next time you didn't need that anymore. Yeah, and it hasn't been a problem since, just that, yeah. Sometimes everybody who deals with, uh, everybody here that's listening now who deals with spirits in any capacity will know that sometimes things are said, uh, sometimes cryptically, but sometimes also to lessen the blow. Imagine if you were told that you are, you have to do lots of work and you are not yeah. clear and it's all in your, yeah. right? Yeah. It's a completely different thing, but to give you an activity to do that, you in the process are also clearing and being confident in that space. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, uh, Kathy says she's lost sound um, for some reason. Just one sec. Oh, she's gone, I think. Uh, she's going here. Yeah. She's lost sound. Uh, so, okay, so the, in that case, I needed, uh, or, or the group that came together, as well as the facilitators, needed to do some clearing. And the, and the work we're doing is about clearing, essentially. Uh, so any other questions from the group? Because uh, I'm. I'm 
That's that's okay. That's good. Perhaps they have completely. It was uh, easy for them to assimilate. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, thanks, Angelina uh, and Deborah. Yeah, very good. So yeah, look, this this is actually really good because Deborah's prompted that that uh, the you can work on anything, any part of your life, and you just. You know, follow that procedure with the fire. Even mentally, you can do it. Yes, of course. That's what we are saying. It's, but that's what we say to choose if you wish to follow this methodology. Because if remember at the very beginning we said everything for humans is, if you like, about transformation. Yeah. Right. They want to move from one state of being to another, and that state of being might just be from teenagehood to adulthood. Mm. And when you think about that, it's by fire that they go there, That's right. Right? That's right? But if it could be imagined that if instead of looking at teenagers as going having problems or that they are a problem or that uh, this is a problematic time for humans, yeah. but actually visualize that or imagine that as it's just a transformation. Uh, yeah. So this is transformation. So instead of it being a problem, Look at these things that all of these things that are coming up, whatever they might be, maybe they get into drugs, maybe they uh, are still in cars, maybe they are just very introverted or whatever. These things are uh, initiation of transformation. And they are in, if you look at those things for what they really are, not as crime, not as problems, not as something that's psychiatric problem like mental illness because they're becoming depressed, etc. Of course, there are aspects where, yes, you have to a act on that, but we're not talking about the real clinical depression. But instead, look at that and say, okay, what is really going on here? Yep. What kind of transformation is going on here? What are, they, are, they were this, and what are they aiming to be here? What kind of human are they aiming to be? Because that's a transformation, right? Yes. And so in, if instead it could think, uh, for example, this adolescence could be looked at like that. So, okay, somebody, this one person keeps stealing cars and going for joyrides. Yeah. If we, if we really, is that, if, if you could sit with that person and say, what kind of human being do you want to be? Right? What kind of human being do you really want to be? They might say, I want to live a life out of adventure. I want to be uh, out there in the world and, and making changes. And I want this and I want that. If it was non-judgmental, then you could see that the action of, okay, stealing the cars and joyriding is, is like a message for that. This is what they're aiming for. Yep. This is where they're going. So instead of looking at that as a problem, you say, okay, let's work on that. If you want to have an adventurous, uh, thrill-seeking life, and that's the adult you want to be, yeah. let's work on that in a way that is not, in our society, criminal. Yep. Right? That's right. Let's that's give right. you the thrills and the seeks, whatever the words are. Let's give them to you, right? Let's take you to the top of a, a building and give you those suits, not parachutes, and throw you off, Right? Something like that. If that's what you, if you want that, because what they're building is the adult that they, they that they, transformation. They're, they're building yeah. that adult. Yeah. But if they are 
thought of as bad and problematic and depressed and mentally ill and difficult and criminals, well, that transformation is going to be, that transformation is then going to be problematic. It is. Right? It is. So if things could be, and that's that's just in that one exactly. section of life, right? And that's quite a large thing. But even in the personal life of people, if you are here and you are having problems, let's say you are at point A and you are having problems in your relationship, right? And it's been going on for a while and you don't know what to do. So you ask yourself, okay, this has been going on for a long time. What kind of person do I want to be? What, how do I want to live my life, right? And you might find that actually you don't want to be in a relationship or you are looking, you want to go out to work or you want to start a new career or something, right? could be a whole range of things. Maybe you're just feeling trapped and you want to feel free. So the relationship is not the problem. The relationship is actually saying to you, you're going through a transformation. Yep. This is where you want to be. And this is the tool, if you like. So instead of focusing on that relationship as a problem, look at where you want to go and say, okay, that's what I want to be. How does my relationship problem, how is that being reflected in what, how I want to be or how am I want to be being reflected in my relationship problem? And then the relationship doesn't become a problem. It becomes, like we said, a path, a tool, uh, um, uh, an aspect or it's the intuition yep. of the transformation. Yes, yes. Um, so, Angelina, with, with the work that you do, uh, that's quite quite interesting. I think you, know, you could even make a, for your clients and for their parents uh, sort of a program to help them through the different stages of what's going on and how to get people where they want to go. And but on that point, the interesting thing is many children are asked, what do you want to be? And what they mean is, what job do you want? What we are saying is, what kind of adult do you want to be? What kind of human do you want to be? Because humans, the thing for humans that drives them yep. is productivity and creativity. A human that is stuck into a nursing home after they've been maybe productive in their life and now they have to sit in a chair and their food is brought to them every day and all they've got to do is watch television and there's nobody to talk to, they f- they fail very quickly. There is failure to thrive. Yes. Children in like those, uh, remember those Romanian uh, orphanages? They were put into cots. There was no talking, there was no touching, there was very little uh, interaction whatsoever. They did not thrive. Didn't develop. Didn't develop. So for humans, productivity, to be productive and to be creative, that's the way, right? That's what keeps us going. So instead of saying to uh, anybody, what do you want to be when you grow up, what kind of human would you like to be? How do you want to produce and create? Right? Yeah, wow. Now, if you say that to somebody, instead of saying, oh, I want to be a doctor, they might say, but they don't, you, they don't have the marks. Right? It's not going to be a doctor. Right? And you can't say that to your child. Because all you can say, well, if you work very hard, then maybe you can do it. Knowing full well, they're never going to do it. So they're going to go through their life. They want to be a doctor. They don't get the marks. 
then they do the next second best thing or the third best thing and always they feel depleted, right? Because they couldn't do that thing. So instead, if we start to say to people, how do you want to uh, enact your life? As a grown-up, even as a child, what do you want to bring to the world? You want to bring healing? Well, there are so many, so many different ways you can do that. You want to bring love? You want to bring, you want to provide for people? You want to help people? Uh, so instead of gearing everybody up in what they're going to do, but instead how they're going to be. Because if you really know how you want to be in the world, you are more productive and more creative than if you know what you're going to do. So if Deborah uh, said, you know, she's doing a rheumatoid arthritis program, unfortunately. So moving past that could be not focusing on the arthritis, rather what I'm going how I'll feel and what I'll be doing uh, when I've got through this transformation. Yes, but even then, you could start with that. But what we would suggest to you is, what kind of person do you want to be? How do you want to enact your life? In other words, do you want to... Uh, because remember, productivity and creativity... So productivity is not just um, growing vegetables for yourself, right? Even if you grow vegetables for yourself, you are also uh, giving to the earth, right? And giving to the insects and giving to uh, the what the birds or what have you, and the the animals, the barn, the rabbits that come and eat all of your beautiful lettuce you have just grown with that, right? So, yes, you're growing them for yourself, but you're not just doing that. There is this other aspect. So, being productive is about understanding the whole picture. And that's why we say, when people say, what are you going to do with your life? It's like, it's just doing that one thing is not for everybody, right? It's not the bigger picture. It's just doing, what are you going to do with your life? But how do you want to enact your life, right? How do you want to go out into the world? How do you see your life evolving in this larger picture? And if you can imagine it like that, then you don't see yourself as a completely separate entity. You see yourself as part of the larger picture. Mm -hmm. So everything that you do is going to have an effect on other things around you. So we would say, yes, you can look at your life absolutely on what it would be like, after uh, you've gone through this transformation, but we would urge you to extend that and really say, extend it to the point, how do I want to enact my life? How am I going to be productive and creative in my life? How am I going to exist in my life, in this world? How am I going to do that? What do I want? What do I want to give to the world? What do I want? Because that's what being productive and creative is. Producing is actually giving, right? Yeah. Yes. And being creative is not just giving to yourself, but it's it's taking all of those energies that are around you and utilizing them and bringing something forth. Producing. So it's about. Uh, so that's what we would urge you: just not to look at that smaller aspect of uh, what will my life be like, but actually. 
how can you enact how do you want to enact your life and move towards that point and not towards the point that's in front of it what my life would be like if I didn't have this other yes yeah, so go for a bigger vision well we wouldn't even say it's a bigger vision we would just say that uh, the other one is limiting because you don't know what your life's going to be like without it. You only know what your life's going to be like with it. So to ask yourself the question, what is my life going to be like without it? You don't know that. You're going to base it only on what you know now, which is what your life is like with it. Mm -hmm. Right? So we say, okay, you can do that. But if you go over to this other side and say, how do I want to enact my life? Right? How do I want to? Then you are, it doesn't matter what's going on now because you're actually going to move towards something that is uh, not necessarily based yeah. on what you currently have. Does that make some sense? Yeah, so, so Deborah's saying, you know, she wants to be free from pain, but you, what you're suggesting is, you know, at the moment for Deborah, pain might be the consciousness that she's in because it's pain drains you, right? Absolutely. Yeah, whereas she can say, just so put that aside now, what, what possibilities am I inspired to go for? And No, how do I want to enact my life? That's the question, right? That's the question. And yes, of course you want to be free from pain. You are in crippling, debilitating pain that, that completely consumes your daily life. Of course you want rid of that. And we are not being heartless when we say this, but whilst the focus is on that, and we understand absolutely that when you are in this pain, of course the focus is on that. So if you are going to look at things that still focus on that pain, in other words, uh, like you said, what would my life be like without this, it's still focusing on the pain. So if you can just for a minute take yourself away from that, to how do I want to enact my life, which means you are a full participant in life. You are a full participant in the human uh, humanity, in the species, right? That's what we're saying. Try to, to visualize that. And then when you want to go through this transformative process, that's what you're going for. Not what my life would be like without pain, not being free of pain, but over there, how do I want to enact my life? How do I want to go out into the world? How do I want to uh, experience the world? What am I going to produce and how am I going to do it? How can I be creative? In this, in this world. So it's just a matter of uh, not changing, well, perhaps not, no, not changing the focus, but asking a different question. Yeah, yeah. And allowing that question to draw you into a different consciousness. Absolutely. Yep. And the thing is with that you won't answer it the first time you, you ask it, right? You have to put it out there. Maybe you want to even write uh, a list of you want to actually write it. Some people like to write. Some people don't need to. But maybe you want to do that. And you put that question out there. How do I want to enact my life? Because right now you can't enact your life. Right? Because of the arthritis. You can't enact it. So now we think, how do I want to enact it? How do I want to do that? And then all of these things will come. Right? And yes, it will start with, I want to be free of pain and whatever. But then as those things come out of you, more and more things will come that you can actually, that are not necessarily related to your current situation. They will be other ways to live your life.
That's good. It's a bit of, bit of a step for me too. <laughs> uh, that's a pleasure, Deborah. Um, thanks for that. So we should wrap up, guys. So I hope you all get something out of this. The recordings will go up again on the registration page. Uh, thank you, Mother Sharia. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to everybody who uh, participated today. And we send many blessings to you. And we really hope and that you are all feeling full. That's what we hope, that you are feeling full and that you are also feeling loved because we are sending much love to all of you that came today. Thank you so much for coming and we look forward to speaking to you one more time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you Blessings to you, our friends. We are the Ancestral Medicine Women, healing from the past for the present and the future. <laughs>